0: Welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, empowering nurses to manage stressors so they can intentionally reconnect with their purpose, optimize their wellness, and ultimately show up in the world the way they wanna be seen. I'm your host, nurse practitioner, Wendy Garvin Mayo, your stress solution strategist. In this podcast, you'll receive actionable stress management tips, insightful interviews, and strategies that focus on inspiring you to be your best, do your best, and give your best. With that, let's get started. So welcome to the Nurse Wellness Podcast, Simone Walden. I am so excited to have you here. How are you doing today?
1: I am well, and I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation.
0: Yes, awesome. Can we stop by you telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yep, so um,
1: I'm an educator uh, by day. (laughs) I'm an author, I'm a speaker. And i um, a book publisher. And so um, it was probably a couple of years ago when I transitioned from North Carolina, because I'm from North Carolina to come to Maryland, where um, it was like I really snatched everything I knew from up under me. And all I could do was depend on him. And out of that, I just started sharing my story and everything that I just told you outside of educating and being a teacher evolved since I've been living in Maryland six years ago.
0: Awesome. Well, in true transparency, I want our listeners to know how we met. So I attended a conference called You Are Enough, and Simone was a phenomenal speaker there. And Simone's uh, topic had to do with DNR, do not resuscitate. And it moved me being a nurse and just, you know, hearing DNR and the way she just spoke about it. So can you share a little bit about your talk and
1: dnr Mm -hmm. and i'll first say you know you just never know how your story will impact people and who will it impact because i never thought talking about it would land me on such an awesome podcast like yours so um dnr means do not resuscitate and um july 8th which was last thursday actually made 10 years that uh, my youngest aunt passed away from an aggressive form of breast cancer. And after she passed away, um, I was going through my mom's things and she had taken um, some papers from my aunt's house and it was a yellow piece of paper. And I looked at it and it said, do not resuscitate. It was a DNR. And I'd never seen that before. And up until the point that she was going through her chemo and radiation and the last day that um, I brought her back home from the hospital when they was telling her there was nothing else they could do. I didn't know that she had signed a paper. Like, I don't even think any of us really knew that she had signed that paper that says, you know what, I fought a good fight, but you know what, if I got to get my healing on the other side, then that's what's going to happen. And um, when I read it, it's just like, my heart just broke like, wow. And I thought, you know, um, sometimes the healing that we won't, the 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 thing that we're looking for so much it doesn't come in the way that we may expect it and that she had to really give up something she gave up this natural life to get what she wanted on the other side was her ultimate healing and so that's where do not resuscitate meant in order for her to get her healing she had to uh not resuscitate not keep living this sickly bodily life that she had and um i know she's in a better place now Yes, and that also resonated with me because I'm
0: an oncology nurse practitioner. So I take care of cancer patients. So your speech just moved me. And as soon as you started talking, I was just glued to the screen. And I said, I have to connect with her. Just every, I'm getting chills right now, even just thinking about the connection when you were just speaking. And, you know, the way you utilize that in your speech, can you talk to us a little bit about? Um, assigning DNR to things in your life and what things in your life have you had to assign
1: uh, a DNR order to? So I recently picked this up. Um, I just got another credential in in mental health, youth mental health. And um, so now I I tell people that I'm a recovering people pleaser because for a long time, um, I mean, a very long time, probably 35 of my 39 years, I cared more about what people thought about me and what people wanted me to do and the parts of my story I should tell, the things that I've done that I should tell. And so I really had to decide I was not going to resuscitate pleasing people. I was not going to walk in my paths. I was not going to allow shame. I was not going to allow guilt. I was not going to allow my mistakes to define who Simone was or who Simone is becoming. And so I had to really had to say, listen, I'm gonna kill this right here before it kills me because ultimately it was killing my destiny. You know, I couldn't do things or say things or I kind of felt, you know, some type of way if somebody would hear it or who would hear it or who would catch it and who would think. And it was just like... I really wasn't being myself. And, you know, I always tell people long before the pandemic came, a lot of people have been wearing masks for a very long time. And I was this masked woman, this masked little girl trying to please every single person. And I was so unfulfilled. And so that was a point when I said, listen, I got to kill this. I got to stop this in order so I can really obtain my healing. And that's how I have used DNR in my life. It's like, Listen, you got to kill these things here in order for something else to grow and for you to become the person that God has already created you to be? Oh,
0: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And you know, when you wear that mask, that creates so much stress. So I'm the stress solution strategist. So I always talk about how stress impacts our lives. When you're wearing that mask for other people, you can't shine. You can't tap into your added values. You can't align with your purpose. You can't do so many things. So people who are listening, what are you going to assign a DNR order to in your life to allow you to really heal and walk in your purpose? And that is why your message was so powerful. It was so, so, so powerful. So walk us through the time when you decided that you were going to take that mask off. What did that look
1: like? So six years ago, when I moved to Maryland, I was, i I was in a situationship, right? We won't commit it, but I thought it was gonna work out. So I came all by myself, and that was like the hardest time of my life. Really, after that, I was like, you know what? I don't have too much. I mean, let's just go for it. I've already broke down my relationship, and then I'm up here by myself. You know, my family and my family type of family who, as much as I talk about my aunt. And I know it hurt them because she was like one of the, I would say the life of the party. She was just always kept people together and they don't talk about it as if it doesn't bother them. And I said, I didn't want to be like, cause that stuff would bother me. And I want to go and talk to people who could relate to what I was saying, but they was acting, I don't know. So I said, you know what? I can't be like my family. I love them, but I can't hold my pain in because what I did, I saw them with their stress, with their sadness. It was either sex it was either drugs it was either cursing people out it was gambling it was all these things they was doing to show their pain and i said i don't want to do that anymore because i was doing the same thing it was like wait a minute i think it's a different way that we can kind of deal with what we're dealing with and so i was like you know what when i came to maryland i didn't have no family I had internet. That's about all I had internet. <laughs> and I said, I would get on, I would record videos and I would record them late at night. I watched them like 16 times and then I'll post them to my social media. And then, ironically, some of my old students would inbox me and say, Miss Waldo, I'm watching your videos. So I'm like, oh my God, you are a girl. So by this time, they were adults, right? So they could relate and say, oh, Miss so Wald, I know you was going through that. Or I know it's going through that. I'm like, this wasn't necessarily my audience, but hey, if they're going to be blessed and encouraged and they're going to learn from it, I'm going to share. And that was my process. It was like, I didn't have anything else to depend on. I was here by myself. I was like, you know what? I'm just go for it. I don't even care what people think. And slowly but surely people start coming around. It, be, it made my, my family very uncomfortable because I start talking about things about me, about Semine that I didn't realize they was dealing with too. So when I would share it, they looking at me like, well, why are you talking about that? Or who are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about me. I didn't know y'all was dealing with this because we don't talk about this stuff. We just act like we live in a bubble and life goes on and you got to keep going. I'm thinking, I feel hurt. Now I know what y'all do with y'all pain, but I feel hurt. And that's really how it started. I was all by myself in the city. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Let me just go for it. Yeah, so you bring up a couple of things. So I always talk about
0: stress management in the sense that no one really talks about stress management and no one really teaches you how to manage stress. And I think you just exemplified that by your family, right? So my family is the same way. No one talks about their feelings. Things are just happening. Mm -hmm. And you may feel some type of way, you know, they may feel some type of way, but we're not going to say how we feel. We're just going to kind of go on and, you know, keep pressing. But what happens is you suppress all of that. And then it comes up in other ways, whether it's, Addiction, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, or what have you, but I think you're like the trailblazer, right? <laughs> and what happened is you was put in a situation that made
1: you probably a little uncomfortable, where you had to kind of pivot and do something different. I was very uncomfortable. I, every and that's why I would record videos. I would never go live. That's why I record the videos and i would post them like midnight or one a.m. or two a.m. Hoping well, nobody's really gonna watch, and then it was like five people or 10 people or 30 people and I'm like oh my gosh and then people will respond and so yeah I was very uncomfortable for a very long time even now I'm not saying 100% uh a go for for live videos or doing things I'm I always have this uh, you know this little nervousness about me but I'm much more comfortable doing it now because I realize one it frees me and then two it blesses other people
0: Absolutely. And it's it's therapeutic. So, you know, some people may journal, do yoga, but I always say you need an outlet. So whether it's audio, whether it's writing, whether whatever it is. So that is awesome. That is awesome. And
1: talk to us a little bit about the uh, the, the student teacher. The student teacher. So um, when I started doing these, you know, the videos and posting things online, I remember one morning I woke up and you know I was in my prayer time. I was actually in the shower, taking a bath, getting ready, and the Lord said, "You're the student teacher." I was like, "Okay, the student teacher." So I'm thinking because I'm a teacher by vocation, that that's what you mean, okay? I'm a student. He says, "No, you're going to be a student of my word, and you're going to teach people what I teach you." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So. Then I start doing it. I would share like my personal Bible study time with people online. Um, and then I just start breaking out with other things from my story, from my past. I was taking a um, class. It was like a Bible study, but it kind of helped you deal with your own story. And so I've always had like mentors and like mothers in the church to help me. But last year I said I have to get me a and I've had a therapist. For a little bit of time, but I knew last year I had to be committed to having me one every single week. So I have now my own personal therapist where I can talk to, but um, the student teacher came out with, you know, doing my prayer time is just sharing and studying. And now I go and, you know, I help other educators and others leaders um, share their stories unmasking, unmuting to be your authentic self. And at first I could never do that because I wasn't doing it for me, but now that I have done it, and of course I still peel, peel layers back now, um, that is so freeing. And I see, you can just see the transformation in somebody when they've been sitting on secrets for so long. And I would say secrets make you sick. Like they just, I mean, secrets make you sick, Straight all this stuff. And when you can see the the lifting, the weight lifting, the joy that comes back, the freedom that people have. And even it comes at a cost because sometimes you will lose people and lose relationships. And, you know, family members don't want to talk to you much, but you have so much joy and so much peace. And that's like, that's one of the best feelings. And so when I think about the end result of it, it's like, well, I got to keep going.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I think Dr. Cheryl Woods said it, your story is about you, but it's not for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It definitely helps other people out. So what would you tell one of our listeners um, who's listening, who has a story, who, who needs an outlet, who needs to assign a DNR
1: order to something in their lives? Where can they start? How can they start? I say the first thing you have to acknowledge that it happened, that we can't act like things don't happen. I know sometimes we can be in so much pain that we suppress things and, and you forget, especially if it happened to you at such a young age, but you go in your prayer time, ask the Lord, reveal those things that's hindering you back or holding you back and then acknowledge, yeah, this happened. And one of the things that I had to do is acknowledge the, the pain that I caused people. I had to acknowledge the things, the traumatic things I did to people. And sometimes it's hard to look in the mirror at your face when you the monster that you call somebody else. And so you gotta acknowledge that the good and bad, what somebody did to you and what you did to yourself, First acknowledge that and then forgive yourself because we all make mistakes. Forgive yourself, change, and make a different decision. And I always tell people, social media, you know, podcasts, that's not the first time you ever want to tell your story. It's probably not the first 15 times you want to tell your story. But find you somebody, a trusted mentor, a trusted counselor, therapy, I hate. Therapy is your free and I always tell people that. Get you a trusted person that you can talk to and start working through that stuff and then start sharing it little by little, maybe in a small group, maybe with your girlfriend, maybe with your homeboys. Then maybe you want to share it in a bigger group. You can share it maybe on a Zoom call or something until you graduate when you want to share it in front of people, until you want to graduate, until you want to share it on live broadcast. Because once you put it out on live, you never know where it's going to go, who's going to listen to it. So you have to be really ready for that because there's one thing, um, that the Lord gave me, he told me it was called writer's remorse, where people will write their story and then they'll be remorseful later. And the same thing go with speaking, telling your story. You can be remorseful, like, oh my God, I shouldn't have said that. So I say start small and gradually grow until you get comfortable with telling your story.
0: Yes. And telling your story, how has it changed your life?
1: Oh my gosh. Tell, and, and I wasn't looking to necessarily write a book I wasn't looking to start a business I wasn't looking to help people publish but those are the things that came out of the more I remember I used to go and start telling my testimony in various places I remember this lady came up to me in Georgia and was like can I have a copy of your testimony and I was like what? <laughs> yeah. She says, yeah, can I have a copy of your testimony? And so I had shared some personal things about my family, about my mom. And I was like, well, I'll let you know. So she gave me her email and I went back and I deleted that stuff out because, again, I wasn't ready to, you know, share that stuff. And what I always say to people about your story is tell your own story. and that people can be implemented in it, but I always, I'll, I'll be very general when it comes to other people, but I'll be specific to myself because I want her to be able to tell her own story. And I want to be the example for them to say, listen, you can do, it. I know it may feel some kind of way, but you'll be able to do it. So I sent it to her. And then it was like two or three more times I was going to places sharing my testimony that people come up to me and ask, can I have your testimony? And I was like, okay, well, maybe I should write this stuff down. And then when they come ask, I can say it's in the book. And so (laughs) that's how it started. I was just sharing my story and out came, you know, the speaking, the publishing, the workshops, um, the podcast, the magazine interviews and and write-ups. So Telling your story has been a freedom, freedom for me. And I can even tell the difference. You know, sometimes when I come home, my heart be like beating up, be a little, you know, a little stressful. It's like, whoa. But then once you say it, it's like a relief. Like, wow, I got through that. I can do it one more time. Yeah, I think you really
0: exemplify alignment. When you're aligned, things just start happening. Right? You don't have to plan them. You just start moving within your purpose. And I feel like I've experienced, I'm experiencing that now. Like being on this podcast with you is something I would have never thought about a year ago or two years ago. <laughs> it just shows how when you're aligned, people come into your lives, people leave your lives and you just start moving in purpose. You don't even know what you're doing or yeah. why you're doing it. <laughs> and you can't really put words to it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yep. Yeah. It, it's It's a, it's a weird... Intangible experience, if that makes
1: sense. I agree. I totally agree. And I feel like I'm in now that that next level space. So in June was my actual. I finished sixteen years of teaching, and so I'm not going to be teaching per se like I was anymore. I'm going to do more um, university level, college level teaching. Other educators on um, being trauma informed educators. You know, building uh, relationships with students. So it's like. I'm in this pro- a new process, like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this thing, we gotta figure it out as we go.
0: Awesome. So, how do you manage your stress now when things come up? Because you know, stress is inevitable. Mm-hmm. And you know, you tell your story and you're you're moving right with the spirit. Mm-hmm. What do you do now in terms of stress management? So, my
1: go-to one is to always pray. I try to find something. to to lift my spirit. I love to laugh. So if I have to go and scroll on YouTube or Instagram and find something funny, I have to laugh to keep my spirits up. And then my therapist, that lady, (laughs) she is very helpful to me. And so I look forward weekly to when things are going on that I can talk to her. even if something happens that day, she'll say, is anything you want to talk about today? And so being able to have that outlet and Before, in the process of telling your story, like I know I shared with those of you that's listening that, you know, you start with a small group and eventually grow. Sometimes those people may not be the right people, even though we thought they were. And they may end up taking your story and turning it and using it against you. And so even I've had that experience before, but I I realized, you know what, I'm not going to let that hinder me. It took me a while to share again, but being able to share that stuff and get it off your chest is very, very helpful. And so I love to laugh. I pray. I talk. I like to hang out with my friends, like, you know, just watching silly videos. I try to, you know, do things, some people say mindless, but I try to find ways where, you know, it's not something that I'm really stressed out or thinking I love to drive. I'll just go take a drive, um, like, down the street at night or just you know go take me a nice day trip I don't mind doing that I'll go sit outside take a nice walk music is like I love music a lot so those are just some of the practical things that I do that kind of like really help me when I'm like really stressing and some days when I'm overwhelmed I'll just have to lay down and just like you know what (laughs) I'm gonna take a nap and hopefully when I wake up things will be better (laughs) a reset right (laughs) Hey yeah,
0: get a do-over. Yeah. yeah <laughs> go to yeah. sleep, wake back up, try again. Yep. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So, Simone, this has been great. Where can people reach you if they want to learn more
1: about what you're doing or where you are on social media? So, you guys can follow me on all social media platforms at Simone Walden. And you can go to my website, it's prettyheel.com um and you can find merchandise you can find my books um you can fill out a form if you ever want me to be a guest on your pod show or to hire me to come and speak at one of your events but definitely follow me on social media I'm always there posting um and if I don't post it's because I'm taking some stress off and probably doing one of those things I just told y'all about
0: (laughs) awesome and before we get out of here can I take you through a quick rapid fire oh yeah Awesome. So tell me the first thing that comes to your mind or finish the sentence with the first thing that comes to your mind. Wellness means being whole. What I learned about myself in the past year was that I am enough. Oh, I love that one. (laughs) One thing people get wrong about me is that I'm super religious. And one quote that helps me in tough times is, outdo the best you from yesterday. I'm sorry, say that again? Outdo the best you from yesterday. Ooh, I love that. And the last time you had to assign a DNR order to something, what
1: was that? It was yesterday. Um, I just moved back to Maryland. I had transitioned for a couple of weeks. Um, and I had to have a conversation with my mom because she thinks a lot of times that I make hasty decisions, but I don't. I'm just I'm just very thoughtful when I tell her. And it seems very last minute. <laughs> so I had to really make a decision yesterday that I wasn't going to allow the fears of my mom to be the fears of
0: Semine. Ooh, I can definitely relate to that one. Yep. I can definitely relate to that one. And last but not least, when was the last time you had a belly laugh?
1: Oh, <sighs> I think last night at Buffalo Wild Wings. Can you tell us more? Yeah. So um, in this whole process of me trying to, you know, navigate between – a full-time entrepreneurship, I, my whole goal this summer is to go and reconnect with people that i work with or old friends I hadn't seen. And so um, this particular coworker, I hadn't seen her in probably like five or six years. And so I reached out to her and I said, hey, I'm home. I'm going to come meet you. And we went to Buffalo Wild Wings and we just laughed about the students. We laughed about so much stuff. And so it was really fun to reconnect with her, to see her again and just, you know, enjoy the company of people who knew you, know, who know you outside of social media.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, Semine, thank you so much for sharing your space and time with me today. And we'll have to have you back
1: sometime. Oh yeah, and thank you so much. And I didn't know that you was an oncology nurse. And I want to say, well, Gracie, thank you for what you do because those women who took care of my aunt and then my brother's been through it and my other brother's going through it now, like you guys make it such a... um A less painful experience. So, thank you for what you do. I appreciate it so much. And I pray that that never becomes something that you have to experience as a patient or with your family. So, thank you so much for what you do. And this was a blast. And I look forward to it again. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome so much.
0: Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. Between episodes, you can follow the Nurse Wellness Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Before you go, I would love to share a free mindfulness ebook with you. Go to stressblueprint.com backslash 35 and download your free copy. Until next time, go out and be your best, do your best, and give your best.